Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. When you hear the terms offense and defense, what does it bring to mind? I would expect most would say sports, but what if I told you it was about God and what He provides and you? Would that increase your curiosity? Warfare is combative encounters. To experience victory, you will need an indestructible defense and a piercing offense. As a disciple of Jesus, attacks are to be expected. God's armor is what you need for protection. The struggle is real, y'all. You could never construct or design anything dependable enough for you to stand firm. Today, we're diving into the last two components of the armor of God. God furnishes the helmet and the sword. The disciple, put on and use. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, The Armor of God Winding Up, The Helmet of Salvation and the Sword of the Spirit. Let me first say what a blessing it has been for me to read, study, and meditate on God's Word to be able to shed some light on the armor of God for you. I pray it causes you to stop and determine if you are putting on the armor of God, and if so, praise God. We're in the book of Ephesians. We've been through chapter 6, verses 13 through 16. And today, we are winding up in verse 17. As you have heard me say numerous times, I love to read God's word, and I pray it becomes the same for you as well. Ephesians 6, 13 through 17. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Our focus today and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now take means to grab or get. And you can count on if you take, grab or get, God expects you to use it because he knows you will need it. Now, why would one need a helmet, especially since we've learned that the shield stops and quenches all the flaming arrows? Well, first, let's look at what it's covering. Your head, yes, but it's protecting your heart and mind. Please understand, I desire to give you a perspective today you may have not yet considered. Please know I plan on supporting my assertions with biblical truth. Now, cogitate on this. You actually have two hearts. One is your physical heart for blood circulation, and the other is your spiritual heart, which is the seed of your mind. I know that's probably going to be countercultural, but believe it or not, but here's your proof. God says in Ezekiel 36, 26, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Now ponder this. God removes each disciple's heart of stone with a spiritual surgical procedure. So that which fills the heart overflows into the mind. Here's truth. It's Matthew 15, 18 through 20a. 
where Jesus says, But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. So, quoting Jesus, Out of the heart come evil thoughts. Therefore, it must be thoughts equal mind, your spiritual heart, not your physical one. Now, you want proof of God's truth? I can only speak for myself. My heart was filled with unbelief and heart as a stone. I did not honor God by how I lived. My heart was saturated with sin, which soaked my mind with immoral thoughts. Therefore, my life was immorality, and it was the evidence of what originated in my heart. That's the truth, and it's straightforward. Can anyone relate to a defiled heart, mind, and life? So the helmet protects the heart and mind. Unless God gives you a new heart, then expect to see and live out evil thoughts because defilement permeates the heart and seeps into the mind, producing vicious and cruel actions. For example, if your heart is full of sexual lust, then you will think about sexual things and actions. Then you will live out adultery and fornication and the deeds of defilement go on and on. Now the mind needs protection as well, because this is where you learn and retain the work of God in your life. God commands you to remember, so you will respond in faithfulness to God for what He has, is, and will be doing in and through your life now and forever. You then develop a genuine trust in God alone. Remember, faith alone in God alone. It's truly coherent thinking. It's truly having full confidence in God alone, and this confidence is infused into your mind, which stem from your heart. Where would you hold on that confidence in God? In your pocket? No, it's in your mind, hence renewing your mind from envisioning defiled thoughts to unadulterated ones. Make Romans 12 to a memory verse. It will bless your life. Believe me, I know. So here's why you need a helmet. First, God's protection goes way deeper than your skull. Once you have or given, I may probably say it better that way. Once you are given a new heart from God, it has his love in it. And that, my fellow disciples, is an amazing experience all by itself. Then God creates a desire in your heart for the truth. You have a newfound hunger to read God's word and you begin to learn how to live according to his commands. As you grow in understanding of God, his word and truths, you start living according to his statutes and you develop an awareness to observe his ordinances. Believe that now your new heart must contend with the current condition of your mind that is filled with the sediment of sin. This heart, sin, mind, all of this was the gateway for the enemy before the work of God and the advantages of his armor in your life. 
The truth, the enemy had control over your mind and life. As a result, you lived out immorality, impurity, sensuality, and idolatry, just to name a few. Thus, the need for a renewed mind. New heart, yes, but same old mind, susceptible and fertile for the enemy attacks. The flaming arrows are coming at you from the outside. Then tell me what you're going to protect yourself on the inside of your noggin. The helmet of salvation protects your mind from the illusions, very influential trickery and crafty deception while you're under attack. The visual and mental attacks are designed to bombard your mind to contaminate and influence your perspective, which clouds your judgment. It's a spiritual attack attempting to gain control of your mind once again. The attack's objective is to have you live in opposition to God. Although it may appear you are living according to God's commands, yet your best intentions are causing you to live a life of rebellion toward God. And so the attacks mentally continue and intensify. Please know it's not just your imagination. Now, have hope because this new way of thinking and living begins to take shape and sets in motion the eradication of the sinful thoughts that saturated your mind for so long. And believe me, I tried in my own strength and I failed miserably time after time and said to myself over and over again, I'm unable to. So the enemy uses images you were so accustomed to as the visual assaults. And so the struggle goes on. That's the internal purpose of the helmet of salvation. The, the helmet of salvation also works externally. You know as well as I do at conception life begins. At the very instant of conception, God supernaturally infuses a soul and spirit into the new being that was created in the image of God, regardless of anyone's intent or mistake. The evil one creates a worldview challenging your newly acquired biblical view created by God. Here's an example of God's biblical view. It's found in Psalm 139, 13. Excuse me, 139, 13. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. So you must decide to accept or ignore the cauterizing of your mind to a worldview with deception and lies fashioned by the evil one. The lie? Life only begins when humanity decides it does. Hmm. Or are you going to believe God that life begins at conception? It's truth or lies. No gray area. The flaming arrows are stopped and snuffed out by the shield. No question. No doubt about it. The helmet of salvation guards your heart and mind. Praise God. Can I get an amen for the halting and quenching of the arrows and the defense of your heart and mind? Therefore, a corrupt heart creates corrupted perspectives, and the evil one's schemes is really deception, creating the illusion of making evil appear to be good when under the surface it's lies and deceit. 
Remember, having and holding on to? Are you holding on to God's word in your heart and mind? What do you suppose will saturate your mind when your heart is filled with God's word, truths, and promises? I pray you said God's word, truths, and promises. Where do you think these wonderful promises are stored? Right under the helmet. Now, tell me if these things are recognizable or familiar. If you could have, if God loved you, he would never. You have a right to decide to live how you want. It's your life. We all need to just coexist. So let me ask you this. What's on your cable, satellite, phone, or smart device? You see any mind-altering assaults, people exposing themselves, sorcery, Darwinistic exhibitions, love for self-promotion, success, power, and money, no prayer, no more God, the deception? disobedience, mocking, denial of truth, which is attempting to storm your mind and create a rebellious, defiant being living in a world full of disorder, confusion, and bedlam. You ever thought or heard any of those? Excuse my pun, but where in the world are they coming from? Tell me if you know, because I know, do you? And are you willing to admit it? Are you recognizing the enemy's schemes? Are you falling into his snares? Do you understand how your mind is being assaulted? When you are experiencing spiritual attacks and you aspire to run, don't. Just so you know, there is no protection from God's armor for those who flee, leaving their backside exposed to the enemy and flaming arrow right between the shoulder blades. God expects you, as a disciple of Jesus, to trust him through faith that his armor will provide an indestructible defense so you can stand firm, my fellow disciples, stand firm. Now, you going to take up the helmet of salvation? Are you going to believe in your own mental prowess will be able to withstand the evil one's assaults internally and externally in your weak and defenseless mind. Helmet, anyone? Now, let's wield the sword of the Spirit just a bit. Verse 17 says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Quick stop. And, in addition to, if you got the other components, you got to have the sword as well. That's cliff notes for sure. Amen. So why would we need a sword? Wouldn't that be old fashioned and outdated in today's culture of whiz bang technology and fancy gadgets? The enemy would tell you it is. But is it really? How old is truth? And how long will he live on? Bet he's older and will live on longer than any weapon or technology created by humanity. So, if the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, then the Spirit uses God's Word to complete His work in you. So, God's Word works for God, who sends His Word forth. And it works for the Spirit, who completes His work in you. Yet, it doesn't work for you, 
Can you see how the evil one has manipulated and influenced your mind? Because if you have such thoughts and the distractions are so intense and you always seem to run out of time or you're late, then beware. His silhouette is there attempting to blend into the shadows in the corners of your mind. You just got to know what he looks like. So, who is the spirit? Because it's the sword of the spirit. Well, cutting to the quick, he's God. Now meditate on this. The spirit of God's work is, helps, seals, guards, counsels, grants salvation, guides, intercedes, regenerates, baptizes, convicts, provides power, reveals indwells, advocates, sanctifies, comforts, witnesses, inspires, testifies, gives gifts, and teaches. Whew! He's God, the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that helps you keep God's armor on. Believe me, without the Spirit's power and work enabling you in your life, you're gonna take it off for sure. It's in your fallen nature. This would be why you would see the armor working. So you see the armor working, you start to deceive yourself to think in your mind, you could face and defeat the enemy alone and in your own inadequate strength. That's a lie. As disciples, you need other disciples. As spouses, you need your spouse. And I pray your spouses are disciples who are spouses and not the other way around. Amen? Only to realize you have no power or might for that matter and end up defeated time after time again. You are getting beaten to a pulp. Your relationships deteriorating, damage, destruction, and chaos abounding everywhere. So what do you do? You give in, become a slave, and live a life of sin. Therefore, the Spirit uses God's words to complete his tasks. So you should too. Is a, someone, anyone agreeing with this truth I'm proclaiming? I pray I'm not the only one. Now, with all due respect to waiting until Sunday to get your fill, thinking that's the means for which you are to grow as a disciple. You're missing it completely. I know for a fact I cannot go several hours without food. I don't know if anybody else can, but I can, let alone six days. Here's a truth for you. It's Matthew 6, 6. Give us this day our daily bread. As disciples of Jesus, just like you need daily nourishment physically, you need daily nourishment spiritually. No daily nourishment, easy prey for the enemy. Consider this, someone addicted to pornography, thousands of images bombarding their mind. It's the word of God that breaks the mental chains of enslavement resulting in the captivity to sin. If it's a sword, how sharp does it have to be to make its mark? How powerful is it that it can actually separate things that are in your existence, although you can't see, touch, or feel them? Listen to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You want to know what is the source of life? Well, God's word will answer that question. You want to know the whys of life? God has that one covered as well. The sword provides the means for disciples of Jesus to see and recognize errors, falsehood, lies for what they are. Deception. You must have your heart and mind open for the disciples in your life to teach, correct, reprove, and train when necessary, and it's all the time, because you're under attack. That way, you'll become adequate and equipped for every good work. Can I get an amen for disciples who are making disciples? Guarantee you, they got the armor of God on. You know how you can tell? You see the sword, don't you? Deception attempts to scorch your perception in and through a world view which is created in and by the enemy the devil if there was ever an example to follow and imitate jesus and believe me there are myriads of them here's one that confirms the need for the sword of the spirit to be your offensive weapon i would love to read it to you in totality so bear with me on time so you will see God at work. It's Matthew 4, 1 through 11a. Let me say that again. Matthew 4, 1 through 11a. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him. Three times Jesus said, it is written, offense. So God's word is the sword that will cause the enemy to change his tactics. Use the sword. What God says happens. Did you notice Jesus commanded Satan to go left? You think that only applies to Jesus? No, put on his helmet and take up his sword. Remember Isaiah 55, 11? Well, listen to James 4, 7. Submit therefore to God, resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Sound familiar? Jesus submitted to God the Father, resisted the devil and gone. That's in the helmet. Now, 
You need to learn how to imitate Jesus because when you read, study, and meditate on his words, you are his disciple and living out his commands. And believe me, you will be eternally grateful you did. On another note, you must also be aware the enemy knows God's word too. So does his cohorts. Remember what the tempter said, and I will quote, for it is written. How would he say that if he didn't know it? Every word. Hmm. You must know truth to discern truth. Listen to 2 Peter 2, 1 and 2. But false prophets also arose among the people just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. My counsel, take up the sword of the Spirit. Remember the saying, the sword cuts through the masquerade of deceptions and lies? Well, it does. And have you ever heard, never go to a sword fight without your sword? Key words, sword and fight. Well, they equal combative encounter. As we head back up, take this with you. The gospel of peace is truth. The truth is what God says is true. The truth is Jesus Christ. The gospel of peace is life begins at conception. The gospel, marriage is between a man and a woman. The gospel is, it's God who is at work in you. The gospel of peace is how you fight with and by God's word and spirit. The gospel, your words have no power to overcome evil, deception, and lies. The gospel of peace, the spirit of God teaches by his sword he carries. The gospel is the sword of the spirit who empowers, inspires, instructs, communicates, guides, and teaches. It's the gospel of peace the disciples of Jesus press on and walk by the spirit. Through the gospel of peace, you learn, grow, discover. You are able to live out God's calling on your life. The gospel reveals the disciples of Jesus' adversary creates spiritual warfare. Through the gospel of peace, God's word renews your mind as you read, study, and meditate on it. The gospel enlightens your mind, see life and the world from a biblical view. The gospel of peace declares you are able to stand firm and resist the devil, but only by being strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. The gospel reveals the truth that God arms and equips his disciples. Your beautiful feet take the gospel of peace to the world. The gospel of peace calls all disciples to gird themselves with truth, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel and take up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. The gospel confirms the armor of God is an indestructible defense as you walk. And the gospel of peace is the only piercing offensive weapon you can have. It not only judges your thoughts and intentions, but it also lives on forever. Praise God. The gospel makes the enemy move away from you because it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In view of all this, take up and put on the full armor of God and you will be able to be victorious in your struggle against your flesh and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen.
Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, we need your armor. We have to have your armor. We cannot live without your armor. Please provide it to every disciple who is asking for it, who now realize they need it. And they have been going through the mental battles because they didn't have the helmet. Their faith has been weak. Give them the shield. They want to live a righteous life. Give them the breastplate. Teach them how to bring forth the gospel of peace. Shod their feet. And we all need to learn how to live in the truth of Jesus. Gird us with the truth. And teach us how to wield your sword so that we can proclaim the truth of who you are regardless of what the enemy does to attempt to thwart the work that you intend to bring forth in our lives. We thank you for today. We thank you for this truth. And we thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.